Welcome to the Spirit of Prophecy Church, church and internet audience. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you for today that we can come in the house and break your bread and cast it on many waters and feed the nations. Lord, I ask you to anoint me with the Holy Ghost to be able to teach this so the people can take that bread and swallow it and receive it, write it on their hearts and learn how to function in the kingdom of heaven and build your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. So, uh, just going to get right into this, moving fast. So, we're going to talk about breaking the curse today. This is on God's calendar, Day of Atonement. So, we just finished up Feast of Trumpets, Rosh Hosanna, which is a appointed holy convocation, a feast day. It was Monday and Tuesday. It's a two-day feast. Ten days after that, I'll show you a slide. It goes to uh, Day of Atonement, Judgment Day, and Breaking the Curse. Leviticus 16, and this shall be, uh, yes, uh, Leviticus 16, 29. And this shall be a statute forever unto you, that in the seventh month, on the tenth day of the month, ten days after Rosh Hashanah, or Feast of Trumpets, you shall afflict your souls, that means fast, and do no work at all, whether it be one of your own country or a stranger that sojourns among you. <laughs> 30 and for on that day shall the priests make an atonement for you now they're talking about the old testament the new testament is jesus to cleanse you this is to cleanse you that you may be clean from all your sins before the lord amen we want to be clean before the lord yom kippur they also call it that judgment day yom kippur um uh, Isaiah 43:25. I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. Now, that's a good scripture, isn't it? The Lord is wiping away our sin by the blood of Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. So, the law of Moses, the Torah, the Old Testament, blood was required, blood of an animal. We have a better covenant now, but on Day of Atonement, which we just read in Leviticus, all the sins were atoned with blood. It says, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. Blood's taken inside the Holy of Holies. You have a three-compartment um, sanctuary. You have the outer court, the inner court, and the inside Holy of Holies, where the ark of God is in the mercy seat. Sprinkle the blood on the mercy seat only one time a year, on the seventh month, on the tenth day of the month, which is next this week, Thursday. I'm still in last week. Day of Atonement instructions for the priest. Now, the priest would atone for himself with a bull and a ram. Then they would do this weird sacrifice uh, with two goats, uh, and it's called a scapegoat. And so we're going to explain this and why they do that and what uh, is happening. The high priest who entered the Holy of Holies only once a year on the Day of Atonement to offer a sacrifice on behalf of the people. He was the only one permitted to enter that holy place. So they, the whole year you could go into the outer court where they were doing the sacrifices. They had the holy brazen altar, uh, barbecue. They're uh, sacrificing the animals and cutting them up and burning them. And then they have a brazen uh, sea of glass, which is the holy labor, the water to wash. And then inside the first um, part of the sanctuary was the 
showbread, table of showbread, and the incense and the menorah, the light of the world. So, and then you had the Holy of Holies inside. That was the Ark of the Covenant. But that's the place that the priests went in one time a year on that day to make atonement for all Israel and the nations of the world. Before he did, he'd offer a bull as a sin offering and a ram as a burnt offering. This was for him and his family. Then, uh, there, the first thing he did was offer incense as a sweet-smelling fragrance to God. So I've got a couple slides. I'm going to show you that. I'm not quite sure exactly which one is biblically correct, but uh, I'll explain them as we go. So the incense is, uh, symbolizes the prayers of the saints, which we were praying Monday and Tuesday at the Feast of Trumpets, and the Lord heard our prayers. So here's one picture. Now he's, this picture is showing the priest inside the Holy of Holies, which is, yes, yeah, Sunni says it's wrong. I believe it's probably wrong, too. He should be out in the inner court, or the second court, where the um, table of showbread is and the altar of incense. I don't think he's in here, but probably, probably he would open the veil and light the incense, and then that would go and make a sweet fragrance unto the Lord. Okay, only one slide. I've cut this down for time. Then it was time to sprinkle the blood. Soon you go back there. Somebody, some of you guys go back there. A little, stay tuned for station identification. Uh, the prophet speaks. Uh, okay. Then it was time to sprinkle the blood of the sacrifice on the mercy seat located on top of the Ark of the Covenant between the two wings of the cherubim. So that was a box that kept the, um, it was Moses' tablets, the Aaron's rod that budded, and a jar of manna. Inside it was a box, and then uh, it was a, it's just a chair. So you got the two wings, and that's God's seat. So on top is what they call the mercy seat, or some people say the judgment seat. So the priest would sprinkle the blood on the altar seven times. Uh, interesting number. So there we see another probably not a proper picture where the incense is inside the Holy of Holies, probably back in the uh, middle court, and then the priest. And if you notice, he's in white. Now, this is not your normal priestly garb that they wear, all colorful with the holy golden mitre and the stones on the breastplate and, and all that. Uh, this is uh, the way I've been taught, uh, if I've been taught right, is they call these slave clothes, which means that they were slaves in Egypt. So the, holy, the priest takes off his holy garments, puts on white linen uh, robes, which is a righteousness of the saints, and then he goes in and sprinkles the blood on the mercy seat and makes atonement for Israel and all the nations. Seven times. Interesting number, right? Seven full miracles, a lot of sevens in the scriptures. He sprinkled the blood seven times, which uh, is a number of perfection, or we can say it's completion. Jesus fulfilled the scriptures. He completed everything. It's all done. He did it, right? Now we just have to appropriate what he's done into our lives. And then when he came out of that holy place, the Holy of Holies, he would announce to those who were waiting, it is done. Now remember when Jesus, our high priest, which we have a better covenant, right before he gave up the ghost, he said, it is finished. So all the things that we need 
in our scriptures to be completed uh, by our king and priest and savior. It's already finished. And he gave all power and authority to us. So we just have to walk in it and appropriate it. Now, if you don't know what's in the book, you can't, you know, if you get a million dollars in the bank and don't know it, you're, you're not going to be able to access it. So you got to open the book. You know, that's called Facebook. Get your face in the book. <laughs> Isaiah 1.18. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red as crimson, they shall be white as wool. So this is what washes our sins away, the blood of Jesus. Did I skip one? I don't think so. Let me check. Okay. But that wasn't the end of the high priest's work that day. So he sprinkled the blood on the mercy seat. This is a weird little thing, and nobody really gets this a lot, so that's why I'm teaching. Day of Atonement. The high priest takes the uh, of the congregation two goats, and he brings them before the Lord. He presents them before the Lord at the door of the tabernacle. Two goats. He shall take the two goats and present them before the Lord at the door of the tabernacle of the meeting. Then Aaron shall cast lots for the two goats, one lot for the Lord and the other lot for the scapegoat. So one, the goat that goes to the Lord, he, they kill him, they slice his throat, bleed him out, and then that blood goes on the mercy seat. The other one is sent out. Strange. Representing Barabbas. And what does Barabbas represent? Uh-huh. Now here's your, this is a picture of Aaron, supposedly, and, and two, uh, probably two Levites there standing with a, uh, it's a scarlet cord uh, or a scarlet ribbon, which they wrap around the head of the goat, the scapegoat. So they're presenting the goats, they're casting lots, who lives, who dies. I can, that's not really scripture, that's just a story, right? I'm right, right? That's not really scripture, it's just a story, right? Okay, we're on the same page. Hallelujah. Right. There's several legends on this thing. Uh, I'll just talk about one of them. Yeah, legend. That doesn't mean it's true because you can't find it in the scripture. But they say uh, the, they would tie a rope onto the priest and he would go into the Holy of Holies. And if he was, had sin, he would fall down dead. I believe that part's true. But the rope, I can't find that in anywhere. I haven't found it anywhere. It's just a story I've heard. So um, if he fell dead, they'd drag him out. Well, he didn't have that. That's not true. Now, why did he not have the rope on his feet that day? If he fell down dead, you could drag him out. Why, why, why is that story false? Yeah, well, that part's true. They did have bells on the garment, so if the bells stopped, Ding, 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 ding. If they stopped tinkling, they knew the priest was dead. So then they would take the rope and drag out the dead priest. But that's not a true story. They, the story part that's true is they had bells on their hem or their garment. 
the reason that story is not true is because on that day, God was on his mercy seat. Pretty awesome, isn't it? He didn't have to worry. He was, I'm sure he did worry, but God was on his mercy seat. We have a merciful God. Now, uh, I'll talk about the ribbon here later. Aaron shall bring the goat which the Lord's lot fell and offer it as a sin offering. But the goat which the lot fell to be the scapegoat shall be presented alive before the Lord. To make atonement upon it and to let it go as a scapegoat into the wilderness. Okay, back to Leviticus 16, 21. And Aaron shall lay both hands. Pay attention. He's laying hands upon the head of the live goat and confess over him all the iniquities of the children of Israel and all their transgressions and all their sins. Do you see what's happening here? Soon he says, I wonder how long that would take. Probably quite a while. You know, when we do a deliverance, we do, I call it the shotgun renunciations, and man, we repent, and I mean, it takes 20 minutes just to do that, and then we do some more repenting, so it, it could take a while. Putting them upon the head of the goat. What's put upon the head of the goat? The sins, the transgressions, the iniquities. And the curses, and shall send him away by the hand of a fit man into the wilderness. This is a picture of a transfer. You speak it in the natural and in the spirit, just like what happened to Jesus. He took upon him the sins of the world, past, present, and future. He paid the price. And so you put that on the head of the goat and send him out. Put him on the head of the goat and shall send him out by a fit man into the wilderness. Now, I like to say this is a definition of the fit man or woman, mankind. James 5.16, confess your faults one to another, that's what they're doing, and pray one for another, that's what they're doing, that you may be healed and I didn't look this word up, but it's probably saved, healed, delivered, made whole, preserved, the whole enchilada, probably. Sozo, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. So if you're praying and you've got a lot of sin in your life, uh, you may not get the prayer past the ceiling. But this is a righteous person that is trying. Not, he's not perfect. He's trying to do the best he can and repenting. And walking with God. This is a righteous man. Let's say, so here we go. Here's another picture of the spirit transfer. You put your, the priest puts the hands on the goat, confesses all the sins, and now that goat is bearing those sins. Right? That's what the scripture's saying. This is a picture, this is what's happening. And the goat shall bear upon him all their iniquities unto a land not inhabited. This is very strange. And he shall let go the goat in the wilderness. So they 
slay one goat, the other one, the scapegoat, they confess the sins over, now he's, they're booting him out of the camp to a land not inhabited. Now, you've probably never heard of this word. Okay. Tohu wabohu. Some people say tohu wabuhu or tohu vuvavu. And, and this comes from Genesis 1, 3, when God created the world. The Spirit of the Lord hovered over the face of the deep, and it was without form and void. This word means without form and void and a few other things. You can find it in the Wikipedia Dictionary uh, connected to Day of Atonement. So, yes, without form and void. Also means confusion and emptiness. This is the wilderness. Before God created the world, it was just a wilderness. It was without form and void and a lot of confusion and emptiness. Now, here's another picture in Isaiah, the same thing, 3411. But the comorant and the bitter, the bitterin shall possess it. These, if you study this out, you'll find out these are spirits, bad spirits. The owl also and the raven shall dwell in it. You know, many times in Scripture, birds, not the Holy Spirit is a dove, but birds are like their picture of a demon. You know, the birds of the air come and get the word, the seed, steal it up. The birds are thieves and demons. So the owl also and the raven shall dwell in it, and he shall stretch out upon it the line of confusion. There's something you can remember to pray in your prayer closet when you're doing warfare fighting. And the stones of emptiness. So you want to do something bad to a demon, you say, I bind to you the stones of emptiness, you filthy demon. I send confusion into your camp, or I loose the line of uh, confusion upon God's children. So this is Isaiah, confusion. This is Tohu Vavahu. This is the wilderness. This is where we're sending the goat, right? There's a righteous man. Well, that's a priest. I'm sure that didn't happen, but the priest confesses the sins on the head of the goat, and then the fit man, which I'm calling a righteous man, takes the goat out into the wilderness. No, the story is 20 miles. Uh, any of you walk 20 miles lately? So the goat's used to getting his meals. Talk to Suni. She knows about feeding the goats. <laughs> they like to eat twice a day at our house. And uh, so you, he's used to getting food and water every day right here at, at the farm. And then, you know, you confess the sin on this guy and you walk him away from camp 20 miles. That's going to take, you better be strong to make 20 miles in one day. Yeah, fit man. And you turn that guy loose out in the wilderness. Now, if you've ever been to Israel, there's a few places that look green, but most of it looks pretty barren. It's hills, rocks, sand, and it's like there's nothing there. It's a dry, barren place. Tohu vavahu. Oops, back one. Here we go. Here we go. Okay, so there, there's going, get out of here, goat, to the wilderness, and don't come back. Okay, so sin has consequences. It's not enough just to have Jesus Christ wash us away and be clean of our sins, so that way we can go boldly into the throne room of God with praise and thanksgiving and ask for help in a time of need. See, even if we sin, we take 1 John 1, 9, repent, then we can go before God and get our prayers answered. But the fact is that sin has consequences, 
And what's happening here is they're breaking the curse. Now, many people tell me, well, I don't have to worry about the curse. It's already broken. This is true. But if you don't know that the curse is still operating and you have to appropriate, appropriate that in your life for generational curses and familiar spirits coming down the bloodline and for all other kinds of things, there's consequences for sin. This is breaking the curse and the consequences of sin. You send that goat out because he's got the sins on his head. See, they already atoned for one. One died, but now we're taking care of the consequences and the curses. Am I making sense? You getting this? Here we go. Get out of here, goat. So there is a picture of Israel. See how much um, wonderful food and water there is to drink out there? You're going to starve in about two days. Dehydrate. You're going to dehydrate. You're going to get weak and start having a fever. Then you're going to fall down and die. That's what they expected the goat to do. Now, there's another picture uh, they did in the Old Testament was if the goat came back, see, they would tie a red ribbon around the goat's head and cut a piece off and nail it to the door of the tabernacle. If the goat died in the wilderness, the, um, this is not scripture, it's just a legend, but the uh, ribbon would turn white, meaning the curse is broken for a whole nother year, see? Now, I don't believe that ever happened, but that's the story, but it's not scripture. So if the goat came back, curse didn't break. You now you got to suffer for all those sins. You know, you can still go into the whole, uh, you know, in, I mean, in the Old Testament, it's different. We can go through the veil right in through the spirit and get our prayers answered just by repenting. But they couldn't. But the curse still operates. So you have to bear up under that for a whole nother year until the priest can atone for you and send the goat out. But what they used to do, because the goat would come back, they'd take him off to a cliff and try to push him over. Remember, they tried to throw Jesus off a cliff? And so it's the wrong picture. You can't take the goat and kill it yourself by kicking him over the edge of a cliff. You have to take him out to the wilderness. And if he doesn't return and he dies there, the curse is broken. That's the picture. Okay? Now, they call the goat Azazel. Probably not saying that right, but it means complete removal. Isn't that awesome? See, Jesus doesn't do anything halfway. He wipes the slate clean. And it's also the death angel in, um, uh, like in Hinduism, and also in the Hindu race. It's, it's the, the Azazel. Angel. Yeah, they call him an angel. Yeah. There's angels named Azazel. Well, this is a goat, not an angel. It's not the death angel in Hinduism. And, you know, I know that, but I'm just saying. Yeah, I know. I'd say it's, it's uh, mythology. Yes, yes. Well, look, Satan does take what we have in our book, our Bible, and try to use it for his own good. And, you know, they do that in the White House. They, when, when it fits them, they use scripture to put us back in our place. But then when they're supposed to be doing the scripture behind closed doors, they walk with the devil. So you can't just pick and choose. It's not a smorgasbord. You can either one foot in or, you know, amen. Pray for America like we did for two days. In the, so the curse is broken, but you have to appropriate this. Okay, Psalm 103.12. Here's how Jesus Christ now takes care of the sin after we cover ourselves with the blood of the Lamb. 
As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. This is not just sin. There's sin, transgressions, and iniquities. There are three categories, three levels. You know, a sin is what you do when you step in it and you go, I repent. Then you have uh, transgressions, which you've done a, a little bit more, but you, you're still able to get free. A transgression is something you can't get out of because you got to go back. You are in bondage, and you cannot break that. And then you need someone like a deliverance minister to punch the devil's lights out, tell you to stop it, repent, and then you have to walk it out. You know, like Paul said, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. So you have to work out your own salvation. You have to work out your own healing. You have to work out your own deliverance. You have to work out all the problems you have. You, you know, we will help you to give you a jump start and a boost and kick you out the door. Then, you know, it's not us anymore. It's you. And we'll fight for you for a little bit. But then when you go out the door, get ready because you're still in the battle. And you've got to fight. You've got to work it out. Making sense? It's not all up to me. You know, like, oh, Pastor Lou, if you pray for me, I'll be, everything will be fine. Well, if for about five minutes. And then you've got to keep the door closed and keep the battle up. And, you know, hey. Is there another picture of the scapegoat? Pastor Stan talked about it. So here, Matthew 27, 15, and 16. Now at that feast, the governor want release unto the people a prisoner, whom they would, and they had then a notable prisoner called Barabbas. Remember our wonderful criminal? What did it say? He was an insurrectionist or something? Kind of like what we want to be here now with our government. Raise the capital? No, I'm not saying that. Yeah. <laughs> plenty of those around here in America. The Barabbas, the spirit of Barabbas. Then released he Barabbas unto them, and when he had scourged Jesus, so that now they whipped him at the whipping post by his stripes were healed then he delivered him to be crucified so they let Barabbas go this is the scapegoat and Jesus he was the sacrifice and, and that's a picture of putting the blood seven times on the mercy seat now this is interesting like our sin that goes away never to be brought up again by God so too is Barabbas to history neither the Christian nor the Jewish writings ever mention him again the picture is the goat went to the wilderness and died there and it was over the curse was broken so the legend is that after Jesus died the red ribbon they tacked to the door of the tabernacle never turned white ever again because we don't need the blood of an animal we have the blood of the lamb jesus and so that's the door jesus is the door blood of the lamb communion blood bread do this in remembrance of me it's his blood we don't need animals over and done with amen we got a new and better covenant like the scapegoat which was released into the desert or wilderness never to be seen again so is Barabbas in our sins to god Consequences. There are consequences, brothers and sisters, to everything we do. No, I like sometimes a picture explains it better. Here we see somebody going, I need a rock this big, and you see that unintended consequences. He's about to get flattened. He's going to be turned into a pancake. You know, that's what's going to happen in our government. I'm not prophesying, but I'm just saying they're screwing things up so bad that can they make it any worse? There's 
our prayers went through to the throne room, I guarantee you there's going to be consequences, and they're not going to like what's going to happen, but we're going to like it, right? Unintended consequences. So all you people out there that are baby Christians that think you can go over here and sin and come back, sow your wild oats all week, and then pray for a crop failure, good luck with that. Yeah, not going to happen. There's consequences. The other thing in this whole kicker about deliverance is we all have free will. So, um, you know, the demonic casting out demons, sure, we can do all that for you, but you still have a choice. You, God uh, didn't make us robots, and he's not a hard taskmaster. He says, choose life or death. You know, it's up to you, but I'd rather have you choose life. So plant good seed. If you plant bad seed, you know, if you have a bad life, it's because you planted bad seeds. And how do you plant bad seeds? By what you're speaking. I'm tired. I'm broke. I'm poor. I'm a dummy. I can never do anything right. Your garden's going to be stinking ugly. And if you are saying, even though, see, we got to walk by faith and not by what we see. I see Chris back here. I know you prophesy over your work. Number one salesman. Take a note from Chris. Amen. So, if you want your garden to be good, you start saying, I can do all things through Christ. He strengthens me. You add some scripture in there. And uh, I am smart like Daniel, ten times better than all my brothers. And you start, uh, I'm, hold up your wallet and do a prophetic act. Debt cancellation, I decree it. Money come in Jesus' name. According to Philippians 4.19, I, um, why do I always have a block? I rebuke that in Jesus' name. But my God shall, I pray it this way. I, um, okay, Holy Ghost, help me out. But my God shall supply all Lou and Sunni's needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So personalize it and put your name in there so you can own it. So you start speaking. If, if your life isn't good, change it by the words you speak. Amen? And believe it. Speak it and believe it. Now, that's not this crazy uh, name it and claim it stuff. I'm just telling you it works. If you walk, it's, you got to have faith in there because without faith, it's impossible to please God. But if you walk with faith and you speak the right stuff, stop saying stupid stuff, your life and garden will have good fruit. Amen. Okay. Matthew 7, 22. Many will oh, this is the scary scripture, especially for deliverance people like moi. Many people will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied? All Christians can prophesy. Doesn't mean you're a prophet, but we can all prophesy. And cast out devils in your name. Mm -hmm. We're doing all these wonderful things. And in that day, I've done many wonderful works. Well, I gave to the poor. I helped Cambodia get phones and laptops. And then I will press, this is Jesus, then I will profess unto them, I don't know you. Depart from me, work of iniquity. Now, that's pretty scary to think that we're a Christian and we're doing, you know, Howard Pittman, who spoke at the Prophecy Club, um, he was one of the lucky ones that died and went to heaven and got to come back. But he stood outside the gates and, and the Lord said, um, you can come in, but you won't get any reward. So... Um, he says, I want to talk to God. And uh, whoever's at the guard gate says, speak, he's, he's listening. And he's going, how come I did all these, like, raised 37 foster kids and all this stuff? And he heard the Lord say, I'm sick and tired of hearing you talk about all those things you did because you didn't do it for me, you did it for yourself. And so because of that, you will have no rewards. 
And so, yeah, that's our loving God. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's holy too. He is a righteous judge. So Howard said, let me go back and get it right. And so he, he got to come back and, uh, and, and do it right. So uh, one of the things I pray about is, Lord, I don't want to go to heaven and spend eternity with you without any rewards. So let me get a lot of crowns and blessings. And I know that um, it's always encouraging to me when every time we would take. Every time we would take Sunni's mom and they would prophesy, they would say, you've got lots of rewards, lots of rewards. So she was so, I wish I could be more like her. Okay, get your rewards. They're available. Matthew 4, 17. And from that time, Jesus began to preach and say, repent. This is the whole key to Day of Atonement. Repenting. See, you have a, we're blowing the shofar as it's feet to trumpets. Toot, toot, toot. The king is coming. Get ready. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. It doesn't mean we're going to prepare his way. He don't need that. He needs us to prepare our way. Get our life straight, you know, and I could spend another hour and a half talking to you about all the things that we need to repent for because Christians don't really know what sin is. We think if we didn't kill somebody or rob a bank, we're cool with God. Well, that's not true. Not true at all. There's many, many things to read. Just read uh, Deuteronomy 28 about the things you don't supposed to do and then start. Did I do that? Mm, you know, yeah, judge yourself. So. Jesus says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So how far is God away from us, really? Just look at your hand. He's as close. He's in your face. He's in your face. Kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's right here. You know, it's not like too far away. You know, God made things simple, you know. that So he, he made things so that we could see things in the... He's trying to explain spiritual truths by thing we can see in the natural talking about wheat corn goat sheep you know make your way straight the kingdom of heaven is at hand lay hands i mean he's trying to show us things in the physical that we can't see the invisible kingdom how we can connect so you know repent okay now we got five minutes if you'll take me all the way back to slide number one you only got about a third of the teaching, but we'll finish up with the beginning. I mean, th this really came into focus, too, because, you know, Brandon goes, you know, when you take the goat out, he says, is that like a prophetic act? I said, absolutely. We're kind of laughing about it, but it's the truth. And, you know, the Israelites, they, they think that they were doing something that they thought was um, that was going to, you know, bring closure or bring, you know, things that God would accept and like and love and, you know, forgive them and all these things. But, um, you know, that they don't understand. They were trying to, to make it happen when we're just, if you'll just understand, there are prophetic acts that we could do just to help us to, to see our way sometimes, just to, um, to make a point, you know, to the devil and, and I think that that's what a lot of those things that they did, it was they didn't understand it like we do, but it is definitely some prophetic acts that take place. Yeah, we understand it here, but let me tell you for sure, there's a lot of Christians that don't get this at all. You know, they think, they just, oh, it's Pastor Stan. 
I'd like to make another point. Uh, you see, they let Barabbas go, and they still haven't caught Barabbas, and they still continue to let him go. Because how many times have we seen guilty people get away with it because they're part of Barabbas' team? I won't say any words like Democrat or anything like that. But, <laughs> but, but it's, hey, it's like Republican. It's, it's like if, well, and really, and it's not just Democrat, it's Republican too, but if they're on the devil's team, then they continue to be let go. Like Barabbas, right? Well, see, that it's the two-edged sword. We, we serve the God of life, and we, we have favor with God and man, but they serve Satan, and they have favor with their God and man. So, you know, it's just... Which side of the street are you on? Okay, so the title of this was an open and shut case. Leslie, this is for you. Open and shut case. Here come the judge. Prophettraining.com. Traintheprophets.com. Traintheprophets.com. And see the real judge. It's an open and shut case. Get out of my court. Throw the book at you. Isaiah 22:22. This is her scripture. And many others, it says, in the key of the house of David, I will lay upon his shoulders, and so he shall open, and none shall shut, and he shall shut, and none shall open. Now, this is our king. He's, he's the boss. He's in control. Don't look at the government and say, oh, woe is me. They got the Democrats in. Well, you know, you could be saying, oh, woe is me. They got the Republicans in. You know, they're both rotten. Trust me. So the Lord is the one that's opening and shutting the doors. And we talked about at uh, Feast of Trumpets, the windows of heaven are open. Or for some, they're closed. Why are they closed? You're robbing God. You're not tithing. You're not offering. You're sinning. You're not walking holy before the Lord. You're missing church. You go twice a year or you skip your whatever. Sin. Sin, sin, sin. Stop it. The windows are, but if you're doing the best you can, the Lord has got the windows of heaven open. So we're talking about Yom Kippur, Day of Atonement, Judgment Day, the day of the Lord at the end. But this happens every year. It's a holy convocation. It's God's calendar. It's his time clock. Thursday, September 16th. Amen. Now, you see here the calendar of God starts with Rosh Hosanna. And then you have, so you've been blowing the trumpet for a month. We don't hear, but the Jews, I'm talking about Judaism now, but they blow the trumpet for a month, and it's to say, get ready, the king is coming, straighten out all that junk in your life. And then, if you still haven't figured it out, because you're stupid, you got 10 days to get it right. Repent. On Yom Kippur, Day of Atonement, they say, this is legend, the book is the book of life your name is written in it and you're blessed or you're in the book of death and not blessed for a whole nother year so the windows over heaven are open on judgment day the door closes the windows shut up right at, at um, trumpets the windows are open but on Yom Kippur technically the windows don't close but you're either Written in the book of life for blessings for a year, or you're under Deuteronomy 28, the curses. Because you have not repented. The consequences, the curses, the sins will find you out. So you got to get it. You got 10 days to really squeak under the fence if you haven't done it right already. 
Time for prophecy. Uh, is my mic working? Yes. I need, I need the other one. The other one, yeah. Okay, there you go. Okay, so as you look at this on the left where it says Tishri and Rosh Hashanah, those are Jewish words which I don't use. Uh, the, the real word is Feast of Trumpets, according to the Bible. And on the Feast of Trumpets, that's when Jesus returns. And then 10 days later, over here where it says Yom Kippur, another Jewish word, but the correct word in the Bible is atonement. Atonement is the Feast of Atonement. So on Yom Kippur, or the Feast of Atonement, is when, yep, the books are open. But it's the books that are open for the dead. I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books are open. And another book was open, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged out of those things written in the book according to the works. And the sea gave up the dead which are in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which are in them, and they were judged every man according to his works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire, which is the second death, and whosoever was not written in the lake of or whosoever was not written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. That is here. That is Yom Kippur. That is for the dead. And no one that has had the opportunity to hear Jesus reports there. We are judged over here on Rosh Hashanah or Tishri or the Feast of Trumpets. And our judgment is not of books. It is not a judgment of works. What? No. It's a judgment by fire. Remember where says that some of the people's works will be burned up, okay? So the works don't get us in. What gets us in is the blood of Jesus. That's right, okay? So we're judged according to the blood of Jesus. Do we have it or do we not? Do we follow it or not? Okay, that's what we're judged by. And we are judged by the fire. So that fire's name is called the morning star. There we go. <laughs> A little bit of teaching around here. Called the morning star. And as that morning star comes down, the tares get burned up, fall to the ground, a pile of ashes and bones. And as that morning star hits us, that's, that is our rewards. We get our glorified body. We get our rewards, our crowns, our mantles, all of our blessings. He says, my reward is with me. He returns here on Rosh Hashanah, Tishri, or the Feast of Trumpets. Now, so when Jesus returns here, that is the judgment of the living and the dead. The dead in Christ. Okay. In other words, if they had the opportunity to receive Jesus. If they never had the opportunity to receive Jesus, they are still in the grave. And there, there, are, no, there are no living that report to Yom Kippur or I hear the Day of Atonement. So 10 days later from here, this is when Jesus arises, shake here terribly. This is when every high place falls, every low place rises. This is when there's no more sea. And he makes a new heaven and new earth starting here. It takes 10 days to make the new heaven and the new earth, which is completed here. Because five days later out here is the Feast of Tabernacles. I saw, I, John, saw the holy Jerusalem coming down from heaven out of God prepared as a bride adorned for a husband. I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is, God is with men. I'm saying it too fast, so I get all garbled up. Anyway, that happens out here. So there you go. There's my prophecy tie in there. Thank you, <laughs> Pastor Stan. Okay, so um, uh, Sunday school is over. Stay tuned for church. Father in heaven, I thank you that we can break bread here today. And 
Lord, uh, the, these things are complicated. So, Lord, I ask the spirit of revelation to go out to all your children who are hungry to know you more, to understand the word more. Write these things on, on their heart and let them have the understanding of how these things work and fit and how that they can manifest it and use it in their life. Lord, I ask you to, during this Feast of Trumpets and these last next 10 days that are coming to an end now, that truly they would get on their face and repent and ask the Lord to forgive them and pray that their name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life and that all these curses would be broken. You have to do that. Jesus did it already, but it's not automatic. He did it for himself and for all who would receive him. So receive Jesus, receive the word of God, walk in the spirit, and you will be free. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Now, we've got donuts. The Lord said, taste and see if I'm not good. we got donuts, so <laughs> lots of calories, lots of carbs. Yum, yum, yum. Bless the Lord in Jesus' name, amen. morning, Spirit of Prophecy Church, all of those that are here and all of those who are watching online, so happy that you've joined us today. And I pray that every Sunday you'll join us. Please join us by 930, though. You're missing a lot of wonderful information, good teaching, the Word of the Lord. So come and join us starting at 930 in the morning so that you don't miss out. Or you can go back and watch it later. But it's best just go ahead and join us from 930 to around noon, maybe sometimes 1230. All right, just a couple of announcements. Friday night Bible study starts this Friday. Oh, I didn't. <laughs> Who did I hit? <laughs> he snuck up on me. <laughs> well, we have an, a very funny event that happened this. All right. Well, let me let me say this He's Bible study. To skip over. No, no, no. Let me just say Bible study starts this Friday. Can I hear? Amen. 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 Well, all of you know that I. Six thirty. Well, most of you. Six thirty. Six thirty to eight. So most of you know that know me. I like watching the that too but i like watching the the game show network I, I'm, I'm sick of news i'm sick of news you know but um the game game network channel and we were i had on um america and i can't says, stand watching them stand especially them. when the women go screaming ah it drives me nuts so, so anyway so we were, i had on america says this morning and I was actually in the closet at the time. Stan comes in in there, hidden to our through our bathroom where the TV is, and and the game show was on. America says, and it says what? What was the question? Okay, so the game show. I'm getting ready. Okay, we're both getting ready to come to church. The game show said, so what comes in nuggets? And I said, gold. And they said chicken. Chicken, right? They missed it. <laughs> but then the next person said gold, and it was correct. Ding. I said, so Stan won. He won the game. <laughs> but, yeah, but then you said what? I said, no, he played the game. He really played the game. You really played the game. And he's like, no, no. I said, no, you played the game. So I fell down on the floor like I'd had a heart attack or something kicking around. Oh, it no, was, I played the game. You know? He played the game and you won. Hallelujah. I said, isn't it fun? He would never, repent. he would never admit that it was fun, but he just answered it just like gold. It's like, okay. Yeah. I said chicken I too. Chicken. Yeah. Uh, and all the mothers say chicken. Cause we know. <laughs> I think a gold nugget's better. So how many of you would have said chicken, chicken nugget? Yeah. Ladies, all the ladies. What about men? Would you say gold? Okay. 
Chocolate nugget? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's nuggets. There's chocolate nuggets. There are chocolate nuggets? Yeah. That's actually called Mexico. nuggets. From Mexico, they have chocolate nuggets. Okay. So let me get back. Bible study starts this Friday, 6.30 to 8. Um, again, come at, at 9.30. And also, um, okay, give me that next one up. By the way, um, how many of you, if you weren't able to, come to Watchman's Trumpet joined, at least on the live stream. It was, yeah, praise God. It was really, it was an awesome time. I thought it was the best one yet. It's our third one. Um, I just, I just really felt like God was really hearing our prayers, the right people. And I know the right people even on online watching it. And we had like 700 or 9,000 views, different viewers. That's awesome. Well, I don't know how many different ones, but I know that the total views was around between 20 and 25,000. We didn't add them exactly. Around 20 and 25,000. Wow. That's awesome. That was awesome. And the, the ones of you that carried it during the night, praise the Lord for you guys. Praise the Lord. Yeah, through I, the night, there was like 100, I, yeah, 150 I people on Donna and Tanja and then Lou and Sunhi and Barb. Yeah. Who else yeah. carried it? Danny, so but thank I mean, even you. Even the low point of the night was 100, 150 people. That's, yeah, thank you, good. Lord. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. It was really, really great. All right, so um, on October the 7th, we're going to have another uh, few, a little short teaching and intercessory prayer at the church with Melissa. So I'm going to hand this around so you can carry this. Can you hand this around, Sunny? Um, if you don't have a um, September flyer, make sure you get one at the front desk. Before you leave, and then uh, we should have, so you should have received this little handout. It says to parents, guardians, and fellow believers, and it's talking about the children's church ministry and some ideas and things that are coming up. So make sure you pick up one of these, especially those of you that have children or grandchildren that, that come to the church. Um, let me have the other one first. We'll hand this around too. This is for fellowship, and I think we need one. In the next two Sundays, here in two Sundays, we do need, can you turn that fan on over there? Um, also, um, Sharonda and Melissa, can you come up here with me real quick? Sharonda and Melissa. Oh, sorry, I, did, I forgot to let them know. Um, um, it's fine, you can just show, you can show them. Come up here with me real quick. So here... Less than two weeks now, less than two weeks now, uh, get on, one on each side. So um, these two ladies are going with me and Pastor Massey and his wife Esther to Dubai. So get to minister. We leave on the 23rd. Yes, exciting, exciting. And then, um, then uh, Melissa does come back home, but then uh, Sharonda and I and the Masseys, we go on to Pakistan. Pakistan. <laughs> so I don't have to really have to say Pakistan uh, to minister. So what they're handing around right now is to sign up for a day. At least I want every day filled while we're gone of somebody praying and fasting for us for that day. I prefer at least a liquid fast for 24 hours. But again, don't hurt yourself. Do what you've got to do. Uh, but we do want to have coverage when we're there. So I'm hoping this church, and if those of you online say, I want to do that, and here's, so we'll be leaving the 23rd of September, and then Sharon and I don't get back till October 9th. 
So during that, that time frame, we need to be covered. But if you online want to participate in that, if you can just email us at the Spirit of Prophecy Church. Contact. <laughs> I don't know why I missed this up, sorry. Contact at Spirit of Prophecy Church and let us know what day you'll be fasting, um, praying for us. I would really appreciate it so we could get coverage for that whole time. So are you excited about going? Extremely, yes can't come fast enough. I know. We are excited to see what God is going to do. Just believing for miracles to take place. Uh, pray for me to have the right words to minister. I have not ministered to, you know, that in that arena before. So I'm excited. And um, I know that God's is got great things planned. So we do want to have, you know, obviously protection these days and hours and times. So do need to have that. Thank you, ladies, and thank you all for being my armor bearers and going with me. Yeah, give the Lord praise. I mean, really, seriously, it's awesome because we don't always get these kind of opportunities that come our way in ministry, and I'm so excited to do so. I'm so excited. matter of fact, we knew about to buy, Sharon and I did, Christian and Brandon, and I turned to Sharon and I said, we're going to Pakistan, too. You watch. We're going to go to Pakistan, too. And I don't know, was it a couple weeks later? A couple weeks later, Pastor Massey calls. He goes, I just want you to pray. He talks real soft, real slowly. Just want you to pray about, and Sharonda was sitting there. We had on on speakerphone. Also ministering, and I look at Sharonda, in Pakistan. He's like, and he goes, I want you to pray. We no, don't need to. We know. We're going. He goes, how do you know? And it's like, we prayed. We already know. We're going. We're gone. So praise the Lord. He already prepared the way, so we're excited about that. So make sure you cover. Yes, sir. That's what I just asked them to do. He was, so there, there's a sign up to fast and pray on different days. So we're covered before we go. Amen? Covered before we go. All right, let's stand. Let's pray. I'll get our service going. Man, I, I, this is pretty awesome. My dress is breathing, it feels like, up here. It's moving in the wind. Praise the Lord. Let's just raise our hands and bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, we just come boldly before your throne of grace. Lord, I thank you for your mercy. I thank you for your goodness. And Lord, it's because of your mercy that we can call upon you. And it's because of your grace that we are saved. So Lord, we ask in the name of Jesus that the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, is welcome in this place. Let everything be done decently and in order. And thank you for your your protection today. Thank you for your protection this morning. Lord, we give you praise and honor and glory for all that you're going to do. And Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that the, the praise and worship would be anointed. All of the equipment will be anointed in the name of Jesus. And all those that have ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying will receive the, the message today. They'll receive the praise and worship. They'll receive your anointing. Lord, we thank you that we can call upon your name. And Lord, as we come to Fellowship one with another, that's why we come to church, to fellowship one with another. We receive a message, but more than anything, we come to fellowship with one another and become brothers and sisters in Christ. So I encourage those of you that are watching online, if you haven't joined a church, you need to do so. And not any church is perfect, not a one. You can come and move here to Plano, Texas if you'd like. I'd love to have you, but... It's, in, it's important that as we see the day approaching that you have like believers with you. Amen. While we can pray at home, while we can turn on the TV at home, it's so important to fellowship with one another. 
So, Lord, again, we give you praise and honor and glory, and we thank you. We thank you, thank you, thank you. We say yes and amen, 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 that this service is anointed in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, stand up and praise our God. Hallelujah. You guys got joy in your hearts? Let the joy of the Lord be your strength. Amen. Come on. We worship the God who was. We worship the God who is. We worship the God who evermore will be. We sleep in the earthen doors. We parted the raging seas. My God, He holds the victory. Hallelujah. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We'll shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Where the joy is surely in this place. We won't be quiet. We'll shout out your praise. Hallelujah. We sing to the God who heals. We sing to the God who saves. We sing to the God who always makes the way. Because he hung up on that cross and he rose up from that grave. My God, still rolling stones away. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We'll shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. We won't be quiet. We'll shout out your praise. Hallelujah. We were the beggars. Now we're royalty. We were the prisoners. Now we're running free. We were forgiven, accepted, redeemed by His grace. Let the house of the Lord sing praise. We were the beggars, now we're royalty. We were the prisoners, now we're running free. We were forgiven, accepted, redeemed by His grace. Let the house of the Lord sing praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. Let me hear you. We'll shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. And we won't be quiet. Let me hear you shout it out. We'll shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our joy is house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We'll shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. And we won't Come on, let me hear you. We'll shout out your praise. Turn to the person next to you and say, I have the joy of the Lord. 
Come on, it's good to smile. Let me see all your smiling faces. Let me see those smiles. The joy of the Lord. We won't be defeated. Amen. Come on, let's declare it. Spirit of death, you have no place here. I command you to leave in Jesus' name. Spirit of fear, you have no place here. I command you to leave in Jesus' name. You're not welcome here. So go. Just go. Spirit of doubt, you have no place here. I command you to leave in Jesus' name. Envy and jealousy, you have no place here. I command you to leave in Jesus' name. Go back from whence you came, cause our God reigns here, our God reigns here, we claim this ground in Jesus' name, cause our God reigns, our God reigns here, our God reigns the battles won, have no fear, cause God reigns here. Hallelujah, let me hear you. Come on, singing hallelujah. We are the victors. Anger and rage, guilt and shame, I command you to leave in Jesus' name. Depression, anxiety, addiction, infirmity, I command you to leave in Jesus' name. Go back from whence you came, cause our God reigns here, our God reigns here. We claim this ground in Jesus' name, cause our God reigns, hallelujah, cause our God reigns here, our God reigns here, the battles won, have no fear, cause God reigns here, there's no doubt, has overcome the world because God reigns here there's no doubt he has overcome the world because God God reigns here our God reigns here we claim this ground in Jesus name Cause our God reigns, our God reigns here, our God reigns here. 
the battle's won. Have no fear, the battle's won. Have no fear, the battle's won. Have no fear, cause God reigns here. There's no doubt, He has overcome the world. Cause God reigns here. There's no doubt He has overcome the world Cause our God reigns Hallelujah, that's a great song to declare over those family members and loved ones and people you work with We command those things to go in Jesus' name Take it back Where two or more are gathered in his name yes he is he is there whoa for all who come and run to him in faith yes he is there let me hear you singing there is power in the name of jesus there is power power in his there is power in the name of Jesus. There is power, power in His name. Yet no fear, no lie can stand against us now. Come on. Because He is here. Whoa, the Word has come. To silence every doubt Cause he is here There is power In the name of Jesus There is power Power in his name There is power In the name of Jesus There is power Power in His name, Hallelujah! Whoa, there is power in His name. Whoa, one name, one name, one name can save. One name breaks every chain. One name always. One name, Jesus. One name. One name remains, one name we will proclaim, one name always, one name. There is power in the name of Jesus, there is power, power in his name. There is power in the name of Jesus, there is power. Power in His name. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power, power in His name. Singing Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power, power in His name. We declare it right now. Whoa. 
power in his name. Whoa. There is power in his name. Come on. We're not only prayer warriors, but we're intercessors. Come on. This is not just for us. This is for others. Intercede for others. There's power in the name of Jesus. You came down from heaven's throne the earth you formed was not your home a love like this the world has ever known a crown of thorns to mock your name Forgiveness fell upon your face. A love like this, the world has never known. On the altar of our praise, let there be a higher name. Jesus, Son of God, you laid down your perfect life. You are the sacrifice. Jesus, Son of God, you are Jesus, Son of God. You took our sin. You bore our shame, you rose to life, you defeated the grave. A love like this, the world has never known. By the stripes upon your back is the reasons we are healed. Because you took our sin, and you bore our shame. You rose to life, come on, you defeated the grave. A love like this, the world has never known. On the altar of our praise, let there be no higher name. Jesus, Son of God. Lay down your perfect life. You are the sacrifice. Jesus, Son of God. You are Jesus, Son. Come on, raise your hands with me this morning. Be lifted higher than all you've overcome. Your name be louder than any other song there is no power that can come against your love the cross was enough the cross was enough the cross was enough the cross was
Jesus, Son of God, you laid down your perfect life. You are the sacrifice, oh Jesus, Son of God. You are Jesus, Son of God. Father God, take our worship into a deeper, a new level with you, Lord. Help us to get out of our comfort zone. Get out of our shells, out of our bubbles, Lord, and truly worship you. Let us feel your presence here this morning. Thank you, Lord. We receive it right now that you are here in this place. The Spirit of the Lord is. There is freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Lift your eyes to heaven, there is to heaven there is freedom freedom reigns in this place showers of mercy and grace hallelujah falling on every there is freedom. Thank you, Father. And if you're tired and thirsty, there, there is freedom. Hallelujah. If you're tired and thirsty, there is freedom Give your all to Jesus There is freedom Give your all to Jesus there is freedom. Come on, I challenge you right now. Do, now, do something you haven't done before. Lift your hands. Get on your face. Get on your knees. Get out of your comfort zone and truly worship Him on a new level. Showers of Hallelujah. Falling on every face. There is freedom. Jesus reigns in this place, showers of mercy and grace, Hallelujah! falling on every face, there is freedom. 
King of kings and Lord of lords, we worship you. You are worthy to be praised. truly worship your great name. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let's take the children on out, please. Hallelujah. You can be seated. Have a word for the church. Not our church. Praise God, but the church. Come over here. Praise you, Jesus. You know, this last song that you just sang, that showers of mercy and grace. And um, what I saw was like the map of the world, like this map up here on our floor, the map of the world. And then what I started to see was like this thunderstorm. This thunderstorm was brewing all over the world. And what happened is, is that there's lightning strikes going different places. And then I saw strikes like hitting specific places on the map. A lightning strike coming straight down. One of them hit South Korea. One of them hit uh, the, the south part of Africa. Another one was hitting, um, uh, um, um, oh, what was that name? Australia. And another's were hitting at, uh, different places here in America. Strike after strike after strike. And I was like, Lord, what are you trying to say? And what happened is, is that there's, there's, yes, there's showers of mercy and grace, but there's a time and there's a season. There's only a short time now before there's going to be lightning strikes from the heavens that's going to strike down these pastors that are using, that are perverting not only the word, but they're perverting, they have a perversion spirit upon them. 
a perverted spirit upon them because it's because of the church that these sexual sins are in the church. It's because of the pulpit. They're, they're speaking from the pulpit. This perverted spirit is coming down upon this church. And so we're going to start seeing more and more. And I saw him say 2022, just like the scripture you said, Isaiah 20, 22, 22, that I'll open the door that no man can shut and shut the doors that no man can open. And what he's going to be doing, he's going to be shutting those doors that not a man that calls himself a, a pastor or a minister can open anymore. Right now, they've had liberty to get back and start opening that door. But God says there's no more. That lightning strike is going to shut down that door. And it's going to stay shut because of the perversion you're doing. And I saw that there were men in there that have the Messiah complex. And they're using the name Jesus to get their perversion coming in to their, their, their houses. And I mean, with the husband, the ministers, you're causing there to be sin in your house. You're causing to be sin in your bed because you're using the name of Jesus that that woman has to submit and do everything you say sexually that's perverted to them. And I say you stop it now in the name of Jesus because that thunderstorm is brewing. And if you don't stop, that lightning's going to strike you. It's going to shut your ministry down forever. And I command it so in the name of Jesus. It's because of you that are we have judgment upon this nation. It's because of you we have it coming in. And I say, stop what you're doing and get out of the pulpit right now in the name of Jesus. Get out in the name of Jesus. Because you perverted lying spirit, you must stop. That Messiah complex, you must stop right now in Jesus' name. That spirit of jealousy is going to come up on you. And it's going to filter through your church. Because you've opened that door. You have opened that door. And when that spirit of jealousy comes in, guess what? There's anger. And there's rage. And there's maliciousness. And there's murder. So in the name of Jesus, I have great, I ask that you get grace and mercy upon your lives right now. And shake right now in the name of Jesus. Find yourself shaking before God and reverencing God with the fear of the Lord upon you. You have not reverenced God with the fear of the Lord. And it's time. I'm calling you ministers right now. I'm telling you right now. Quit perverting the gospel. Quit perverting the bed. Quit perverting your, peer, your, peer, your people out there that are in the church. You're causing perversion coming in. You're an evil spirit, and you must stop. And I speak to those pastors that are homosexuals. I say, get off that pulpit right now in the name of Jesus. And I speak to you that are in any kind of perversion of homosexuality, but also transgenderism and all the sexual sins in the name of Jesus. You stop. Not. We are not going to allow you to destroy the church in America and give Jesus Christ a bad name. You're giving Jesus Christ, the, the Christian church, a bad name, and it's better for you to step down now. We say, pride, go in Jesus' name. You arrogance, go in Jesus' name. Or you will find yourself in destruction. You will find yourself in destruction. But for all of those that are in perverted spirit, I don't care if you call yourself a believer in Jesus Christ, you must stop now in Jesus' name. Amen. That's the first reason why a nation is destroyed is because of sexual sins. Yep. And we command in the name of Jesus, you cease now. Right. Amen. Amen. Receive the word the, of the Lord. Amen. We got the, the, those countries, especially the proper Leslie just spoke and other, other too, but mainly those countries. I speak in the name of Jesus Christ, I crush I break you back. I break you back, you spirit of a perversion. 
You are the principality of those nations. I come against you in the name of Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth right now. I break that back Amen. right now. Amen. Every bone break. Every perversion break. Every unclean spirit break right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. The anointing of the Lord break that yoke right now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Right now. Effective right now in this moment. I declare and decree that. Right now, in Jesus' name, every pastor, every minister, either you are a man or a woman, it don't matter. You come forward now, right now. You flat your face before the Lord right now. Amen. Right now and repent. Right now, in the name of Jesus. Call you for the Holy Spirit. Deal with we call you. you for Once and for all and break that stronghold right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Whosoever come before him right now and you repent. And, and put your face before the Lord when we repent, that yoke is broken. Thank you, Lord. If it's not, that thunderstorm will come after you in the name of Jesus Christ. Do not tempt the Lord thy God, for you'll see that lightning strike upon you in the spirit, but some even in the natural. So we just declare in the name of Jesus. Recall, that's right. Go ahead. Do you have more to say? Repent. So be it. It's going to come to pass. So you better hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying right Amen. now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And Lord, I thank you that those showers of grace and mercy are there for those that repent. I thank you, Lord, that many are going to fall on their face. And for those of you that are watching online, and for those of you that might be in a church, you know that this thing is going on. I ask that you intercede for grace and mercy to come to that leader. In the name of Jesus. So that they'll repent. If you cry out to the heavens, there's time. But know that by the time 2022 is here, those doors are going to start shutting. And we're going to see more and more and more leaders saying the name of Jesus. That are not actually doing the will of the Lord. That are not following the word of God. And they will fall. Do not let that discourage you from following Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. For that's the only way we can see salvation. That's the only way that we can have grace and mercy during these times to come. Call upon his name and you shall be saved. Amen. Call upon his name. And do not let man put fear in you thinking you'll lose your house of God. It can be restored. And you can be restored too. But now's the time to repent before the Lord and before the people. Before it's shown upon the whole world, your yeah. sins. For your sins will be shown. And we decree it in Jesus' name. And the congregation said, Amen, Amen, yeah. amen, amen. amen. Give the Lord praise. Hallelujah. Lord just uh, uh, reminded me this word go for those who, who knows, you know, the Holy Spirit is speaking to you right now. You came to the end of the road. There's no more place to turn. You cannot have any more excuse. So just fall down before the Lord and he will redeem you. Amen. Amen. Okay. Okay. All right. For those of you that are saying, Lord, I need your mercy and I need your grace. Call upon the name of Jesus right now. Call upon his name. Amen. Call upon his name with fear and trembling in your voice. And say these words, dear Heavenly Father. I come to you in the name of Jesus. 
Lord, I repent now in the name of Jesus. And I turn from my wicked way. I turn from it and I'll not go back. Lord, forgive me for I have sinned against my wife. I forgive me, Lord, because I, I have been sinning against my family. Lord, forgive me for I have sinned against my church. Forgive me because I have stood up behind and preached your word and I have been releasing a perverted spirit out into the crowd. Forgive me, Lord, now so I cancel. I cancel that attack right now in Jesus' name. Lord, cease its power right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Reverse those plans and attacks of the enemy over my life yes. and over my family and over my church in the name of Jesus. And restore me once again to truth. Restore me back to that spirit of truth. Well, I'll teach the truth of your word. Let there be a new countenance upon me. Let there be a new anointing upon me. Upon me. And let it not be flesh anymore. Let it not be flesh anymore. For I'm a new man in Christ. New woman in Christ, in the name of Jesus, I stand before you and I say, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me, for I have sinned. Yes. Sinned mightily against you. And I cancel, pray with me, I cancel that evil spirit of jealousy right now in Jesus' name. And you perverted spirit, I cancel you right now in Jesus' name. Amen. You have no more effect upon me. I pray in the name of Jesus. I ask in the name of Jesus for those that, have, that cried out to you, God, that you restore them right now. And they all say, in Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. And they meet it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. There's power in the name of Jesus. Amen. And you can be restored. If you need to walk away, you walk away. Don't stay in that just because you're getting that paycheck. Don't continue to be that hireling in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. You want to pray for me? Do I want you to pray for me? <laughs> and thank you for our husbands coming up with us. They agree. They agree with us because they agree with the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus. Got three prophets agreeing with the same thing here. Amen. Hallelujah. One, two, three. Hallelujah. Dear Heavenly Father, I just I thank you for my husband, this man of God. And, Lord, I thank you that he hears from you. And, Lord, I ask in the name of Jesus that as this message is being brought, that we'll be convicted in our hearts of the things that maybe we need to repent of. But, Lord, I ask that you give him the anointing from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. Let him feel your presence right now in Jesus' name. Right now he'll feel your presence, Lord. We thank you for it. Angels of the Lord, speak to him. Speak in the ear. Give him remembrance of things he may need to say. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I have asked my daughter to come up and give her testimony. And uh, what happened, we were down in New Orleans, which is uh, a lot of witchcraft down there. And uh, Ed Lixie and Pat Sparrow were two of the guest prophets in there. And I saw this. I saw these two prophets turn and look at each other, and they said, devil portion, and they said yes. And so they both held their hands up like this, and poor Leslie Ann's standing there. She doesn't even know what's happened. And they put their hands up just like this, side by side, and they both walked up, and they went, devil portion, like that. Boom. It was like somebody hit her in the head with a sledgehammer. Boom. And I mean, she was down and out for over an hour, and this is what happened. I was 14, 13. This is your 12, story. 
12, 12 to 14, I was, I don't remember age. You're the numbers guy. You remember dates like no one else. Um, anyway, I woke up and I, I, I was first, I, I was, I didn't quite even know really where I was, um, nor how long I was, you know, slain in the spirit. But um, I know, I, I think I was, I think I was 13, almost 14, because I had several friends that um, passed away. Actually, I've had dozens of friends, believe it or not, pass away by their own hand or um, by reasons that was not theirs, but I knew that they weren't saved. Don't know why I ended up with friends constantly <laughs> to for me to pray with or to see those things happen, but when I, I was down, God took me to hell, and it... It wasn't to scare me. It wasn't for me. It was for me to have this testimony to tell others and my friends and lead people to the Lord. Um, the first thing was, and I don't know anything about hell. I didn't read other books. I was young. I was, you know, young. I'm immature. I'm not going around studying other people's hell talks or, or researching it in the Bible. That's not a thing a young child wants to learn in the Bible. I'm sorry, but it's true. And, um, it was, I just remember it was, it was like, I could see, I could feel everything that was going on, but it wasn't me. I was like, I was watching it happen. But this almost like a, a circle or a pit, I just remember seeing these figures like ever changing coming out, I could see hands coming out, grabbing someone. I could see spears coming out, going through this person. Um, and then guns coming out and hurting this person. And they just kept falling and falling and falling. And it was just smoke everywhere, just complete white smoke. And it, it wasn't like I could see a person's face coming out of like this wall figure. And it's really hard to describe. You were, they were falling in like an, a bottomless pit. They were just tunnel. falling. They were just constantly falling. Yeah. And now but, I know that but, the Bible says it's like a bottomless pit, but I didn't know. Okay. But you saw apparently demons coming out and it, it, tormenting and them. tormenting this, this person, this human being that just kept falling, but they were instantly healed. And then something else happened to them and In other words, like they were cut or just, stabbed or yes. something, but their flesh instantly healed up. And they, and they could feel it just fall, over right? and over. And it was terrifying, very terrifying, and for a young person. Then it flashed. Next, I saw everything was just pure white. Um, didn't see color. Didn't see skin. I mean, skin was white. Everything was white. But everybody had chains, and the chains were even colorless. It's hard to know because it's like I could see it, like, because I knew that there was chains. I knew that there were robes. I knew that there was people behind those robes, but there was no color. There was nothing. Um, and then it, it took me back down to this other uh, part of the dream. It was kind of like time warping, if that makes sense. Uh, there was three people. And as I looked closer, I realized I knew those people, um, friends of mine. And so I was scared and I'm looking closer, what's going on? And they were chained up and they were in utter torment of their mind and their self. Not anything was doing anything to them. It wasn't anybody around them, but just smoke, but they were chained up. 
and you could just see, you could feel even that presence of pain and disbelief. And they were young, and then I woke up. I mean, there's a lot of more details and stuff like that, but that was, I'll never forget it. <laughs> I mean, he just asked me and okay, comes so right the, back. Okay, so the people in the to total white, was it totally cold, but yet it was so cold it was burning cold? Is that what you yes, were saying? Yes, yeah, okay. yeah. I mean, and there was no, it was no absence of color. There was just nothing now, around Now, the, the people you saw chained there in the white area, Where friends they had, had but killed they, themselves. Okay. So all of the people you saw were all people that were not Christians that had all killed themselves to catch Two that of them that was, the other one died in a car accident, decapitated. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, how do you think that that's going to be positive to win people to Jesus? Well, to me, it was a message to me that, I mean, it was, again, I've known dozens. I don't know if he was saying that these only ones that didn't make it, or if he was just saying, use this as an example to tell others, get your life straight. Um, does that answer your question? It's yep, to yep. me that I feel like God showed me all this as a testimonial um, as a young person who had no knowledge of any of this. Okay. Very good. Thank you. Let's give her our appreciation. And yes, you can probably already see I misspelled two words on the slide for those of you that are this one and his name. So, all right. I misspelled. At least I caught it. I'm going to talk about good news today. And the good news is we don't have to go there. And the reason I feel impressed to... Absolutely. Boy, I felt that immediately when that fan turned off of me. It's got to be aimed right at my waist, please. Uh, too many times we Christians fall in a slump. We get up, we go to the same church, sit in the same pew, we say hi to the same people, we talk Christianese. Now Christianese sounds like this, are you saved? But see, to us that makes sense. But to someone that hasn't been to a, a church, saved? Saved from what? Well, our answer would be saved from the wrath to come. What wrath? See what I'm saying? So what I was impressed to do today is I believe that there are some people in online land, in platform land, that are watching this, either now or in the future, and perhaps you're going to consider committing suicide. Perhaps you will have to take the mark of the beast, because if you think avoiding the mask was tough, you haven't seen anything. We've been having to fight this mask stuff for the last 18 months. But we're going to have to fight off the Mark of the Beast stuff for at least three and a half, if not seven years. Avoiding the Mark of the Beast, I'm going to tell you right now, it's going to be near, I started to say nigh impossible. But we know that God is going to take care of us. But it's going to be very, very difficult. So today we're going to talk about hell. And then we're going to talk about how we don't have to go there. In other words, we're going to get back to the basics in Christianity. So I called Bill Weiss years ago and asked him to come and speak 
And he gave me a big long line of excuses. I'm busy. I'm doing. I felt like saying, "Did you or did you not go to hell? Do you suppose that that was given to you for a reason?" God, like Leslie M says, is given me so that I can win souls. But what I've discovered is those people that have gone to hell don't want to talk about it. People that go to heaven, they want to talk about it. People that go to hell, they don't want to talk about it. It's very, very difficult. Even Leslie M. Uh, they don't want to talk about it. But sometimes the negative can be positive. You know what I'm saying? See what I'm saying? So, Bill Weiss went to hell. Here's his story, and this is my summarized, skinny down. I removed every word out of this I possibly could to get it very short. He said, we came home from a prayer meeting like all other nights. Went to bed about 3 o'clock in the morning. All of a sudden, I was picked up and dropped off into a prison cell in hell. Nothing was explained to me. I found myself in a prison cell with rough-hewn stone walls and bars on the door. There was tremendous heat. I wondered, why am I still alive in this heat? I should be incinerated. Yet, I was awake, alive, and lying on the floor. There were two enormous creatures about 12 or 13 foot tall. I had no strength. I wondered, why can't I move? One of the reptile-looking creatures about 13 foot tall, with bumps, scales, huge teeth, and claws about a foot long, was blaspheming and cursing God. They had an intense hatred for God and directed that hatred toward me. I thought, what have I done? I don't know why they hated me so much, but their hatred was really not really beyond anything I'd ever seen. One grabbed me, threw me against the wall. I felt my bones break and collapse on the floor. I felt pain. With tremendous strength, it picked me up like I was a glass of water. But I understood the pain was blocked. I was only feeling some of the pain. God blocked a lot of the pain and didn't allow me to experience all of it. He allowed me to feel some of it so, 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 so I could tell people. So I could tell people that there is real pain in hell. The other dug his claws into my chest and tore the flesh right off and my flesh hung like ribbons. I looked at myself. I felt the pain again and wondered, why am I not dead? It should have killed me, but I, I was still alive, and the flesh was just hanging like ribbons. But there was no blood coming from my wounds, because there's no water in hell. So there's no fluid coming from my wounds. I wondered why they had no mercy, none, just severed, uh, just hatred like terrorists who saw people's heads cut off. They hate you. They hate God, continuing to blaspheme God. I went. It went dark. I believe it resumed its normal state of darkness. God had allowed me to see the light for a moment so that I could see this and describe it to everybody upon my return. But then it resumed its normal state of absolute pitch black darkness. The other drug, I crawled out of the cell and all I could hear were the most blood curdling, painful screams of millions of people. There were millions of people in this place, all screaming. People are all in different prison cells, pits of fire, large areas of fire, which I didn't tell you about, but the screams were deafening. It was so loud. Have you ever heard somebody scream in this kind of terror? I couldn't stand it. I wanted to get away from the sound, but I couldn't. The odors from the demons and in the air was so foul and putrid. It was disgusting. The rottenest thing. You can't even imagine how bad it smells in hell. It's like an open sewer, like sulfur. It's toxic. The fumes are so bad, it's toxic, and I wondered why I was still alive breathing, breathing this toxicity. That's what you breathe in hell, sulfur. 
foul, putrid, like an open sewer, like rotten milk, bad meat, everything you could imagine. Take that times a thousand and hold it up to your nose. That's what you have to breathe for all eternity. But it's even worse than that because there's not enough air to breathe in hell. Like here, we take a nice deep breath of air, <laughs> but there's not air in hell. There's no humidity. There's not enough air to breathe. So every breath, I'm wondering, why am I not dead? I'm not getting enough air to breathe. You're helpless. Your demons torment you and tear you to shreds for eternity, and there's nothing you can do to stop it. It's not just dark. It's evil in the darkness. You can feel. I was thrown back into a cell. One of the demons grabbed my head and crushed it. I wondered how I could be alive with my head crushed flat. And then two more walked into the cell, grabbed my arm and leg each. And I didn't see this because it was dark, but they tore my arms and legs off. I thought, I can't endure this. I can't do this. And something placed me next to this pit of fire. The Lord had taken me out. There was a little bit of light, flames coming in the huge inferno of fire about 10 miles away. It was bare and desolate. Nothing green, no grass, everything dead. Millions of people in flames and burning pit. The screaming was horrible. The flames were hundreds of feet in the air. Alongside it were individual pits of fire. People were placed in their individual pit. The pits were about four feet across. The fire would melt the flesh off of people into their skeletons, screaming in agonizing torment. There were demons all around this pit, shoving people back in. Everybody was screaming in torment. There were all different sizes and shapes of demons, small, big, spiders, four foot across, snakes all over. There were maggots all over the place. It was disgusting. Remember when Jesus said, where the worm dieth not, the fire does not quench? The word he used is maggot. You never have a drop of water again. I was so thirsty, I wanted just one drop. Just one drop would have been so precious. I had an understanding that I was about 3,700 miles down deep in the earth. The radius of the earth is about 4,000 miles, so I must have been very close to the center of the earth. And I understood that there's a whole world going on up here. And most of the world, most of the world's surface doesn't even realize there's a whole other world going on down there. I thought, they don't even realize there's a world down here of millions of people who used to live upon the earth's surface. All you see is those people who used to live on the surface, but they had made wrong decisions. That's the point I'm trying to make this morning. They made wrong decisions and now they're down in hell. Of the people I've heard give the testimony about hell, almost every one of them say, tell my parents, tell my brothers, tell my sisters, tell them, don't come down here. Tell them, don't, wait a minute, if, if you can tell them, don't come down here, that means that they have a choice to go down there. Do they have a choice? Yes. People in hell, now listen to this, choose to go there. People in hell choose to go there. They choose to go there. I began rising as I was sitting next to the pit of fire, this huge pit of fire and flames, and I saw brimstone falling on people, falling from the air just like the picture showed, and burning people in flames and grotesque demons, snakes, everything I told you about. But I began rising up this dark pitch black tunnel. This bright light appeared. And I said, Jesus! I fell at his feet and he said, I am. And he placed it on my back, the back, the, in the back of my mind right at the second that I am a Christian, that I was saved. 
you know, one second ago I was there in eternity knowing that I would never get out. And now, all of a sudden, I was at the feet of Jesus knowing that I was a Christian and that I would not have to go there. A lady in Kansas was listening to my testimony and her son happened to walk into her home, just got out of prison, been there 20 years. 39 years old, he'd been in prison for drug abuse and was just released. He would never listen to the Bible, never listen to the gospel, had nothing to do with church or anything like that, but he sat and listened to this testimony and for the first time he was shocked. By the end of the testimony, he fell to his knees and said, I've got to be saved. I don't want to spend eternity in a prison. I've been in a prison. I need to get saved. So he accepted the Lord and said, Mom, I'm going to go to church tomorrow and testify what God's done for me. I can't wait to call my drug addict, drug addict friends and tell them all about Jesus and bring them all to church. He was so excited about going to church the next morning, but six hours later during the night, he died. He didn't make it to church the next day. The drugs had killed him. So he never got to come and give his testimony. That is the good news today. We don't have to go there. But it's not a joke. I mean, you heard Leslie Ann's testimony. I've heard the testimony, I think it's 28 different testimonies of people that have died. Most of the testimonies, fortunately, were talking about going to heaven. But about three or four of them were going to hell. It's a real place. Now, let's talk about the good news. So John 11:1. 1, now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary, her sister Martha. Therefore his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. And Jesus heard that. He said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, and that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. When he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days. Two days. 2,000 years, okay. So he's giving a hint that he'll be gone for 2,000 years. Two days still in the same place where he was. Then after that, saith he to his disciples, let us go into Judea again. Then when Jesus came, he found that he had lain in the grave for four days already. Martha said unto Jesus, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother wouldn't have died. But I know that even now, Whatsoever you ask of God, God will give it to you. Jesus said unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. Martha said unto him, I know that he shall rise in the resurrection at the rapture. Not the first day. Do you think Lazarus was saved? Well, what happened to the rapture? Oops. Oh, it doesn't say rapture? You mean it says last day? You mean like the seventh trumpet? Like at the end of the tribulation? I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection of the last day. Jesus said here, I am the resurrection of the life. In other words, Jesus has the keys of hell and death. He decides who dies, how they die, when they die, who goes to heaven, who gets the rewards, and who goes to hell, and what degree of punishment they get. I'm the resurrection and the life. Here it is, right here. Right here. This is your solution. This is the solution to almost every problem in life. Right here, this is your solution. He says, I'm the resurrection and the life, and he that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet he live. I love that phrase. I'm the resurrection and the life, he that believeth on me, though he were dead, 
Though he were dead, yet shall he live. Because in Jesus, we don't have to die. Whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. We don't have to do that stuff. Why do you think God told Leslie Ann and took her and showed her her friends that had committed suicide, got their head, you've heard her, head shot. By the way, that testimony hadn't changed since she was 12 or 13 years old. She didn't research and study a bunch of books so she could cook up a big lie. God showed her because he wants to use her to win a lot of souls. This is soul winning material. Though he were dead, yet shall he live. Whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? And she said to him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of the God, which will come into the world. We believe, I believe, I'll say this, I believe that as of September 6th, the Feast of Trumpets, according to the prophecy of the two cows, you know what I'm talking about. It started seven years of famine. And I think we're about to start seeing a whole bunch of lightning strikes, <laughs> a whole bunch of storms, a whole bunch of financial difficulty. We're about to see a lot of problems. And it's not just one person saying that. I've got nine different dreams of people that have seen there's about to be a food shortage. As I just said, we just saw Saudi Arabia sign a deal with the Russians. And now the Russians are protecting Saudi Arabia. So they no longer have to guarantee that they'd sell all oil by dollar denominations. That's going to cause the dollar to fall like a rock. Now, I want to believe it's going to fall slowly. But the prophecies of two different people say it falls quickly. This is the solution. You are about to be used. This is the, the message of today. Lord, what do you want me to say tomorrow? He says, tell him I'm coming. Tell him I'm coming. Get ready. Get ready. It's going to come a lot faster. For example, do you remember where you were about 20 years ago? Somewhere in 2021. Do you remember where you were in 2000, 2001? Remember where you were? Now think about it. That's 20, 21 years. How fast those 20 years pass? Pretty fast, right? Being 68, I can tell you, I, can, I was thinking the other day, some, some early childhood memories, and I thought, man, that went fast. So the return of Jesus, it's going to be fast. I've noticed that as I get older, days, well, uh, it's like years turn into months, months turn into weeks, weeks turn into days, and days turn into seconds. Amen. Everything is moving much faster. The older I get, the much faster it gets. I remember when, when I was in grade school, I thought, man, my birthday's in the summer the end of the summer, why couldn't it be at the beginning of summer so I could ask for gifts, you know, like water guns, to play with water guns during the summer? But it's all moved really fast, right? Jesus, therefore, again groaning in himself, come to the grave, and he was at the cave, and the stone lay upon him. Jesus said, take away the stone. That's what he's saying us to do today. He's saying, take away the stony heart. Take away the stone that is blocking your heart. You people online, Jesus is saying to you, take the stone out of your heart. The things that you've been thinking, I ain't going to go to church, I ain't going to accept Jesus, I don't hear none of that Bible stuff, I don't hear nothing about that gospel stuff, take the stone out. Take the stone out so that Jesus can come in. Jesus said, 
If any man open the door, I will come in him, sup with him, and he with me. Jesus wants to come into your heart. He wants you to love him. He wants you to save him. He wants you to live eternally with him. A stone lay upon it. Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him, was dead and said, Lord, by this time he stinks. He's been there four days. Jesus said unto him, Did I not tell you that if you would just believe, you would see the glory of God? So they took the stone away. Jesus lifted his eyes. He prayed. Now, it's not that he had to pray. He was letting them know in so many ways he is the Son of God. He is, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He is God. He is, this is the flesh part of God. There's the mind part of God, and there's the fire part of God. Okay? He is God. So he's saying, Father, I thank you that you've heard me, and I know you hear me all, all the time, but because of the people stand by, I said it, that they may believe that you have sent me. That's what he's saying. So when he had spoken, he had cried with a loud voice, Lazarus! And you know what he's saying to the Spirit of Prophecy Church? He's saying, I want you to use my name. I want you to use my name. I believe there's people in here, you're going to see people raised from the dead. Right now, eh, you don't have the opportunity to pray for people that are sick or dying or maybe already dead. But guess what? Between now and Jesus returning, you're going to have, Lazarus! Come hither, come forth! Come here, boy! That might not be the exact reverence words they use. But I'll tell you the name you've got to use. His name is Jesus. He has the keys of hell and death. I kill, I make alive, I wound, I heal, and neither can any deliver out of my hand. He that was dead came forth bound hand and foot with grave clothes. His face was bound with a napkin. Jesus let him loose him and let him go. And I say to the people watching right now, in Jesus' name, be loosed. Devil, let him go. Let them receive Jesus in Jesus' name. Let them receive Jesus. Verily, verily. Why does it say it twice? Because it plays twice. Verily, verily, I say to you, he that believeth on me and the works that I do, shall he do also. So who is he speaking to? You got ahead of me. You got ahead of me. So the verily, verily says it plays twice. So who was the first person he was talking to? The disciples, right? Who's the second people he's talking to? Us. Us. He's saying, Spirit of Prophecy Church, if you believe in me and the works that I do. Remember what I told you, August 8th, 2015, Saturday night. Lord, I don't have anything to say for the sermon tomorrow morning. What do you say? And I heard words. It says, this is a time of miracles. Then he spoke to my heart, and he says, As the judgment hits, so are my miracles. Miracles like no one has seen going all the way back to Adam and Eve. You tell them. I will never leave them nor forsake them. This is the generation that's about to see the greatest move of God in human history. Jeremiah 16, 19 through 21. O Lord, my strength and my fortress and my refuge in the day of affliction. The Gentiles who come unto thee from the ends of the earth and shall say, Surely our fathers... Have inherited lies that we lied to. They told me this was God and that was God and do this and do that. They lied to me. Surely our fathers have, have inherited lies, vanity, and things where there's no profit, and have made in themselves gods that are not gods. Therefore, this once, 
once and only once in all of the 6,000 year human history, God is going to show his hand and his might, and he is going to show them, my name is Jehovah. The word in the Hebrew there is Jehovah. God is about to come out of the closet, not the homosexual. God is about to come out of the closet, and he's about to show people what he can do. And he's speaking to the spirit of prophecy church, and not to us, but the believers across the land. He's speaking to all of us, and he's saying, get ready. Get ready to use my name. Get ready to see miracles like you've never seen. Leslie's going to Pakistan and Dubai. And I said, Lord, she's not here. She's not here. (laughs) Then I can't say it. Lord, show her miracles. Show her sevenfold miracles like she's never seen. Show her, teach her about the miracles in Jesus' name, and bring them back. back. Teach her about miracles. You know, there's something to be learned about miracles, apparently. Amen. Bring it back. Not just doing the miracles, but laying hands on people so that they can walk in those Remember what I told you, the Lord told me I'm supposed to raise up an army of prophecy teachers working sevenfold miracles. That's part of it. I don't think, matter of fact, all right, I'm going I'm to, I don't think I've told you this, Leslie. Sometimes things come out on the pulpit then that you don't talk about in the home. But anyway, I had a dream a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago, that you were going to start getting speaking invitations and that I wasn't invited. And it's probably because I'm not as good. That would be true. But no, the, the real truth is it, it, it's not what I'm supposed to do at this time. I'm supposed to stay here and continue Prophecy Club and things like that. So I'm praying. I'm also asking folks to fast for her. Not just her protection, but that she'll learn miracles. Learn miracles? The Lord teach her. Because I think that when... When Saul was on that road to Damascus, he didn't know about miracles. God had to teach him. There's a, there's a learning process in there, a growing process. And I wanted to learn, I wanted to bring back those miracles. Not only the miracles, but come back and teach people. That, that's, that's my prayer in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Okay, so back to this. So he says, verily, verily. So that means I'm speaking to the disciples today. But I'm also speaking to the disciples in the future. He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. Whatsoever he asks in my name, I'll think about doing. I'm sorry, what? You mean it's a guarantee? Oh, but that was only for the disciples, just the 12 disciples. Wait a minute, the verily, verily is there. We read the other scripture a couple of weeks ago, speaking to all, whatsoever you ask me, that will I do. Why? That the Father might be glorified in the Son. Don't you think that the miracles are coming so that Jesus will be glorified? Amen? Because we're going to use his name. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Notice he says it twice. Whatsoever you ask in my name, I will do. 
If, I, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments. If we want to walk with Jesus, we got to walk with Jesus. Amen. We got to walk. If we want to walk with Jesus, we got to walk with Jesus. We got to walk with Jesus. We got to. That's right. Then we got to walk with Him. Amen. Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more. True, but you see me because I live, <clears throat> and you shall live also. In other words, because I died, you don't have to die. You can live forever. Amen. And that day you shall know that I am the Father, and you in me, and I in you. A prophecy was given to me, speaking of Leslie too, probably in 1998. Pastor Bishop, no, Bishop Brooks was his name. Came and prophesied, and part of what the prophecy said, you will live closer to God than you ever thought possible. I think that's coming for all of us. I think we're about to walk into a whole new realm out there. You shall know that I am in thy Father, and ye in me, and I, and I in you. And he that, keep, he that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he is it. He it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved my Father, and I will love him, and I will manifest myself to him. You think that manifest includes miracles? Yes. Galatians 2.20 I'm crucified with the Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who, live, who loved me and gave himself for me. What's he saying? What does he mean, I'm crucified with Christ? Okay, so do you think Leslie woke up and says, man, I think I just want to buy me a ticket to Dubai and Pakistan. We don't have any extra money laying around. Let's just go buy tickets to Pakistan. And, or she was crucified in Christ, and whatever he says, we do, right? So I, I, when he says, I'm crucified with Christ, not I that live. In other words, I don't get to do what I want to do. I do what he wants to do. Not I, but you're not I, but Christ liveth in me and the life which I now live in the flesh. Yeah, I live it in the flesh. But I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I like that sign. Try Jesus. If you don't like him, the devil will take you back. <laughs> True. Now, just to let you know, I just pulled this off the internet last night. Associated Press, it says the United States has withdrawn its, its advanced air systems from Saudi Arabia. In other words, we're in the process of pulling back the U.S. defense of Saudi Arabia. That means the Russians are going to start moving in to defend Saudi Arabia, primarily from Iran. But what does that also mean? It means that the nations are no longer going to be commanded to buy crude oil using the dollar. When they don't need the dollar anymore, they got big stacks of dollars, so they'll start to get rid of those. That means the dollar is going to go a flush, and it's going to go down like a rock. The actual article says this. I'm not going to read the whole thing, just the part in yellow. But this is confirmed from RadioFarda.com. September 11th, satellite images show that the United States has withdrawn its air defenses from Saudi Arabia. 
Arab allies recently watched with concern the disorderly withdrawal of the U.S. troops from Afghanistan. So they see what we did in Afghanistan, and they said, eh, I don't think we can trust the United States to, to protect us anymore. So I'm saying, I'm saying, there's about to be big trouble out there. God is preparing us. All of the people that had stony hearts didn't want to hear about Jesus. That, that stony heart's about to start cracking. It's about time for us to go to work winning souls. Amen. Isn't that a good yes. thing? Yes. This is what Shane was told. He has shown that there's a hurricane. What did Leslie say in the prophecy this morning? She said there's a storm coming. Hurricane coming. Satellite image across a storm covering north, south, east, and west. And then he saw dollars blowing in the wind, worthless as leaves, raining worthless dollars. And how did that happen? The music stopped when Saudi Arabia signed that agreement to let the Russians protect them. So the dollar is now in a death spiral as of August 24th. The checks from the government now have been ordered stopped as of September 1. Some 12 million Americans have been cut off from their welfare checks. Nine people say a food shortage is on the way. And according to two Cal prophecy, seven years of famine started. Now, that's I'm not trying to be negative. I'm trying to say... We need to get ready, and I'm not talking about just ready, prepared, but I'm talking about ready spiritually to use the name of Jesus. I've covered that. So, <clears throat> if you'd like to join our mission, our ministry, our ministry heading to sports stadiums with a lot of people getting saved, then you go to Spirit of Prophecy Church of Prophecy Club, and you click Become a Ministry Member. Click like, share, and subscribe. That helps the algorithm send this out to more people. And finally, and the whole point of today, I believe there's somebody watching. And I believe that your mama tried to talk to you, your daddy tried to talk to you, your friends tried to talk to you, but you had the old stony heart. You didn't want to hear. But as some of these things start coming to pass, you and others, millions of people, are going to start waking up. And the shaking is going to shake some people awake, and they're going to have to start seeking God. So, John 3.16 3, John 3, says that anyone can be saved. That's the reason Jesus is sent into the world to save us. Romans 3.23 also says that everyone is a sinner. Means that we were born, born with a ticket heading to hell. Let me say it again. We were born with a ticket heading to hell. Already assigned there. And unless we do something to stop that, that's where we're going to go. But the good news is, it didn't cost anything. It's free. You can't earn it. You can't buy it. And that all it takes is for you to confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. And that's what the next verse says. It's a gift. It's not a works. You can't be good enough. You can't give enough. You can't do good enough to earn it. It's a gift. How do you take that gift? If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. But watch this, watch this, watch this. But with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Means we can't say it, not really believe it. We can't believe it and not really say it. We've got to believe it. We've got to say it. Finally, 
Acts 2.38 says, repent, be baptized. Repent means you can't say Jesus come into my heart and still smoke that dope, still smoke that crack, still pop those pills, still take that heroin, can't do it. Can't run with the same people, can't use the same filthy words. You can't look like the devil, act like the devil, and call yourself a Christian expect to go and live with the Lord of glory. If you want to live like the world, you're going to die with the world. That's the reason it says I'm a hidden Christ. We're supposed to come out of the world. Be separate. We shouldn't look like them, walk like them, act like them, talk like them, smoke like them, talk like them, drink like them. We should be different. Now, I'm going to pray a prayer. Simple prayer. Only takes about 60 seconds. <clears throat> but if you pray this prayer and mean it, then it's going to stop your descent into hell. And it's the only thing that will stop your descent into hell. It's free. It doesn't hurt. It doesn't cost you anything. You can't buy it. But you can't lose it. Only you can hand it back. You write your name in the book of life, the people that get to go to heaven, and you take your name out of the book of life. So let's pray the prayer. No one looking around. Dear Heavenly Father, again, dear Heavenly Father, I, I admit I'm a sinner. I confess with my mouth. I believe in my heart that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, died on the cross, arose three days later. I receive his blood to wash my sins away, to write my name in the book of life, to keep me holy, and to save me in the day of trouble. In Jesus' name, amen. I heard a story, I don't know that it's true, it seemed like I read a magazine, so it's probably true, that <clears throat> about two days before Marilyn Monroe died, reportedly, Billy Graham went to her and said, why don't you accept Jesus? And she made some snide remark back to him along the lines of, uh, take your Jesus and take a hike or something along those lines. Two days later, she's dead. Assuming the story is true, if you're getting that nudge to pray this prayer, maybe your time is limited. We never know. Like the guy heard the testimony of the guy going to hell, and within six hours he's dead. Don't wait. Don't wait. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you've made an easy way for her to go to heaven. An easy way to go to heaven. An easy way to go to heaven. We thank you. And we thank you that you've shown us the door to, to live eternally with you. And Lord, we ask you to show us other people that we can witness to so that all of our loved ones and our family all get to go to heaven. Live eternally with Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're online, you want to support what we're doing, and by the way, if you're online, you do want to support God, then you can just slide down. There's a blue line in the blue there. You click that, and you can make a donation. Awesome. Those are my grandchildren coming up to make a donation. If you're uh, live in the studio audience here, in the studio audience, in, in the, uh, the church... <laughs> 
if you're live here, if you're not dead, that the, 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 the offering basket's open for you to come and give to the Lord. We don't give to a church. We give to the Lord. Thank you for watching. God bless. Thank you.